All right, it's Tuesday, November 15th, and this is the Fantasy Football Podcast. Tonight is the Week 11 preview, and we'll touch on a few rookies as well. Alright guys, we have 11 weeks of fantasy football under our belts now. Can, does it feel like it's been 11 weeks, right? Well, this is week 11, right? Alright, fine. You got me there. I guess if we're going to involve math in this, then we'll have to get the weeks right. So anyways, I am Jason, joined as always uh, by Dave, and Dave is sitting there across from me, but... Next to me here is Sean Foss, our rookie expert. Sean, thank you for joining us tonight. Always a pleasure. All right. Um, so, Sean, we always want to know, you know, not necessarily who went to what school and uh, what you think about Ezekiel Elliott, but what are you drinking? Oh, well, for now, I'm almost done with this one, but I'm drinking a Firestone uh, California Pale Ale, Pale 31. Okay. What do you think? Uh, it's, it's delicious. All right. That's good. You're, you're a fan of the Pale Ales? Sure. Okay. We've got a, uh, a whether few they're American other... or India or whatever other variety they may sure. be. Sure. So I've got the uh, the Firestone Luponic Distortion, which is an IPA. Um, we've got a little Firestone IPA variety pack, IPA and Pale Ale, I guess you could call it. And then uh, I've also got the Little Citra Session IPA from Pipeworks. I believe we've had it on the show before. We've probably had drank all these beers on the show before, but they're all damn good, so they're worth another turnaround. All right, um, so uh, we can move right on to uh, what's been going on in the league. Um, <clears throat> so the one thing that stood out to me the most uh, this week, uh, aside from the amazing games that we got to see in, on national TV, was the Titans. The Titans looked great. They crushed the Packers. Um, Mariota is a top-five quarterback over the last six weeks easily. I mean, heck, for the season, I think he's the fourth-ranked guy. Um so, uh, you know, Sean, give me your thoughts on, on the Titans. Do you think that they can make the playoffs? I mean, you look at that division and you question who, I mean, who really can they not catch there? I mean, they're, they're basically ahead of the Colts right now. So right. they're only chasing the, the Texans and Brock Osweiler, maybe one of the five worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. <laughs> I don't see any reason why they can't. Um, I would say that the Texans are certainly the front runner and the favorite to win the division, but... If the Titans keep playing the way they're playing now, I mean, we finally understand what exotic Smash Mouth is, I think. Uh, <laughs> what, that, what do you mean exotic Smash Mouth? That's, uh, that's the way Mike Malarkey described what his offense was going to be this season. Uh, okay. Exotic Smash Mouth. And I, I see that. Okay. We're finally seeing a little bit of what that means is they actually look a little bit more dynamic uh, lately, especially with Mari- Mariota throwing the ball the way he has lately. And if they keep, you know, keep up this level of play on offense – it's hard to see the, the Texans holding them off down the stretch. Yeah, Mariota's got just sick numbers. Um, he is putting up, I think, three games where he's basically had 30 points this year. Um, four games, really, of 27.92 or more. But over the last six games, he's averaging like 25 points in a standard league. Which is, I mean, he's, I can't say it enough. He's playing really, really well. I think that he has a great matchup this week. Indy's given up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, so. that that has all the, ma- well, I would say it has all the makings of a shootout, but, 
I mean, you never know what Colts offense is going to show up from week to week. So who even knows? at home, the Colts are liable to lay an egg. Yeah. You know, earlier Dave was asking why I wasn't so hot on Frank Gore, and I think that's part of it. He's on an offense that's very sketchy. Um, so you know, you always want to look to the running back to perform well when the offense is running correctly. It's when 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 they're down and having garbage time. That's when you know Blake Bortles throws for a ton of points. Yeah, but you, you've been down on Gore. But we've said over and over. He basically still scores about the same whether they play terribly or play well. He's Frank Gore doesn't same, care what I think about level. his options. That's true. <laughs> He's basically a mid-level RB two every week, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, that's a ridiculously consistent stat line from Frank Gore. Um, so we. I did touch on those uh, national broadcast games, but the Dallas and Pittsburgh game, the Seattle and New England game, obviously on paper those look like great matchups. So we knew that finally this week we weren't going to get bad football at night or or really like in any of the national slots um, other than the Thursday night game, which was awful. It was the the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Um, No thanks. We don't need that again. I don't know if they still have to play again this year, but we can just skip that game if that's okay with everyone else. They they don't play a third time. Okay, don't good. Worry. Well, I know that they, you know, they would play at least twice at least. Um, so you know, the Dallas Pittsburgh game was really cool um, because the uh, <clears throat> pardon me, the Dallas game was really good because um, you know that was a lead change seven times. I want to say, uh, yeah, something. I don't know the exact number, but yeah, it went back and forth quite a bit. Yeah, and it seems like we say it like every week, but truly, uh, you know, it's a it, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel are just putting on a show for everyone in the league to say we're, we're new and we're better than you at yeah. football. Well, I mean, I think I think for me the thing that was that was most exciting about that is it was a showcase of probably the two two of the three best running backs in the NFL. If right David now. Johnson could have somehow been there in attendance, then they would have yeah. all been there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, really, I mean, Roethlisberger played pretty well. I mean, the top two receivers in that game, Antonio Brown and Des Bryant, had big games. Yeah, it was just a big game for all the fantasy guys involved. It was just a fun game to well, watch those a, teams what, go back and 36 forth. Thirty-six to thirty game, or something uh, like that. I think thirty-five, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was a big game, uh, and then the night game was even better. Um, Seattle and New England uh, rematch of Super Bowl forty-nine. You know. The, the game certainly lived up to the hype, lived up to the rematch. I guess Pete Carroll had never even been to the stadium in New England before, which is interesting. Oh, is, I assume... It was well, built yeah. after he was done coaching there. Yeah, I was going to say... So I, he had never been to Gillette Stadium. Yeah, um... And he's now 1-0 and there. He is Good now 1-0 and there. It seemed like he took kind of a special joy in beating the Patriots, uh, especially after losing to them in the, in the Super Bowl. The way that the game ends, like... You know, they always say you can't script this. Like, you cannot script that. That game would also end with a team on the goal line trying to score to keep from losing. And when they're on the one, they decide to throw it instead of run it. And that team had a running back who was playing very well that day. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. But it's also a situation where if, I mean, I guess, yeah, it was fourth down. You could run it. Look, you have Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. I understand that passing the ball makes more sense than it may have in the Super Bowl. But it still came down to the exact same like sure. situation. Sure, but I mean, Garrett Blunt doesn't have the reputation at the goal line that Marshawn Lynch did. Yeah, but uh, Garrett Blunt had three touchdowns on the day already. He did. That was what was strange about that he game. He knew too. how to find the how to find the end zone. That, that was what was strange about that game too. Is that all of the touchdowns on both sides were scored by the same guy? It was like Doug Baldwin had all the touchdowns the on Garrett the Seattle Blunt. side, or Blunt on the other side. So that's true. Definitely an interesting game in that regard too. Um. So. Uh, Moving on to a uh, little bit of uh, housekeeping, I suppose. 
Uh, Elshon Jeffrey, after the game, we found out that he had been suspended for uh, PEDs. He had a banned substance. He owned up to it pretty much right away. Um, I just want to say whatever he was taking, everyone should totally avoid it because it's clearly not working. Um, there was no sort of performance enhancement that I saw of any kind from Alshon Jeffrey all year. Um, so this is going to open up a little bit of work for Cameron Meredith. Um, they just activated Marquise Wilson, who I'm certain will not be fantasy relevant. Uh, but Eddie Royal and Jay Cutler do have a good connection. Eddie Royal is going to be back. Um, you know, Do you think that he's worth a flex play in a PPR league or something like that? Or is Cameron Meredith really the only receiver that you're interested in here? Eddie gets the ball occasionally from Cutler. Um, you know, they're friends. They've been on teams together for a long time. So, uh, of course, it's worthy of a possible flex play if you're in a really bad spot. But it's not the best of all the available options of flex plays. It's going to be the bottom of the barrel because more often than not, Royal's probably not going to be fantasy relevant. Yeah, I think you'd be surprised. I think Marquise Wilson um, can actually have an impact down the stretch for fantasy purposes. Obviously, the Bears season's going nowhere, but in terms of your fantasy team, he can actually be more productive than you think. I mean, we've, have we ever really seen Cameron Meredith look productive with Jay Cutler? He caught a Hail Mary. That's what you know I'm what thinking I mean? is that his good work was with Brian Hoyer. It, it wasn't was. with Cutler. When Cutler came back, Meredith looked like an afterthought. Well, will, we were just discussing this earlier, and, and going through the other options that the Bears have on their roster for wide receivers, you have a, a guy who's kind of like half uh, wide receiver, half tight end, uh, who hasn't really been working out and being relevant at all. And then there's another guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bellamy. Yeah, right? Josh Bellamy, who uh, has gotten four or five receptions so far this year, but that's it. So really, I think they're giving the, the first shot here to, to Cameron Meredith. We can talk about it later when we talk about waiver wire picks, too. But um, I think that if Marquise Wilson comes back, he's the guy who had all that work with Cutler, probably has a better connection with him already. I'd agree. And one other guy I want to mention that I think will probably be the biggest beneficiary of the guys that we, we know of in this is Zach Miller. I think that Cutler has already shown a connection with him anyway. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that Miller's going to get a boost in targets and a boost in, in fantasy points as a result. Uh, Dave, I'm having a few technical difficulties here. If you could, uh, do you have the notes up? Technical difficulties. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's very it's, similar to something that had happened I've, in previous I've got weeks. the notes up, guys. It's time to talk about Bryce Petty. Oh, Bryce Petty. Bryce Petty started, and everyone was so excited in the in New York. Okay, so uh, so obviously uh, Fitzpatrick is uh, is not who they thought he was, and and we kind of talked about this going into the season. Ryan Fitzpatrick, as a quarterback for the Jets last year, had an amazing season. Uh, linked back up with his old offensive coordinator. Uh, he did pretty well last year. There's no denying that. But he's always been a guy who has had a year or two of success and then drops back into his old um, journeyman, you know, sort of behaviors of of, uh, of messing up the offense of a team. And uh, that's what's <laughs> happening right now. So the Jets have decided, it looks like, to go forward with Bryce Petty, at least for the, for the moment, um, to see what they have in him. Because below him is uh, Christian Hackenberg, who is not any better, and a lot of people say it could even be a failed experiment after this year. Yeah, and it's not like they're going to go back to Fitzpatrick, even though they did keep going back to him. I think they're finally done with that. Well, it's it's possible they could still waffle, but uh, regardless, at the end of the year, the Jets have some tough decisions to make, one of them being the fact that they don't have any good quarterbacks on their roster, it looks like. Um, I mean, I think if anything happens to Petty, they're they're going to go back to Fitzpatrick. I mean, mm. Gino tore his ACL, and I, I definitely don't think they want to put Christian Hackenberg under center. Exactly. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I think the fact that 
they were willing to wait and willing to give money to Fitzpatrick shows the kind of faith they have in the rest of the quarterbacks on the roster. They should be thanking Fitzpatrick that he held out for only a one-year deal. Uh, well, sure. Well, sure. <laughs> they wanted to sign him to a multi-year deal so badly. Well, sure, <laughs> but I also think that the offense probably ran better with him than it's going to run with the other guys. I mean, they just put up six points Fitz, on the Rams. I know, I mean, and it's the Rams who have now won twice this year by scoring nine points. Yeah, they have two victories in which they didn't score a touchdown. The rest of the league combined has zero. <laughs> well, this is the first time since 97, I think, uh, when the Bills did it, that a team has won two games by scoring less than 10 points in each of those games. Yeah. You know, the Rams' offense is abysmal, though. They only have they have less than 10 points in five games this year. Which is why they've decided to put uh, Jared Goff in uh, under under center for the first time so far this season. So uh, I'm sure that you have some things to say about about that. And it's funny about Goff. We were just talking about this before the show as well. That uh, um, Goff and and Prescott and Hackenberg and all these guys this particular year, interesting class of uh, of rookie quarterbacks in general. But what did you think that the top uh, rookie quarterback prospect coming into the draft was? Who? Honestly, I I thought Jared Goff would be the number. I mean, I thought I would rather have him than Carson Wentz coming into the year. I mean, he still could be. And I don't yeah, I don't know that that's necessarily wrong. I mean, Wentz got off to a fast start, but we've seen over the last month or so kind of what's happened to Wentz now that the league's kind of seen him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, granted, the Eagles are still right there in contention for a playoff spot, so he's not you know completely falling apart. But I think they started three and zero or four and zero, and they're now five and four. So, so the Rams, uh, like Jason mentioned, the second time they've won the season while scoring only nine points. First team to win two games while scoring under ten points since the '97 Bills. Uh, so, does the Rams' offense improve now with with Goff? Or does... I, I mean, does it have anywhere to go but up? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, would, I was joking around with you earlier that I mean, I don't know what to expect with Goff because it took him ten weeks to beat out Case Keenum, and we've seen what Case Keenum's done with the offense. I think that. It, it's mostly the fault of the coach and not the player that he's not in right now. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, but at the same at the same time, I mean, uh, Jeff Fisher was kind of in an awkward, at this point is in a really awkward spot because it was a situation where it's lose-lose. If you put Goff in now and he falls flat on his face, they're like, why did you trade up to get this guy at number one? If you put him in now and he lights it up, it's a situation where it's like, why did you wait so long to start him? Yeah, you basically wasted I mean, the season by doing that. Yeah, I mean, we say that they're four and five. They're not dead. Yeah, but they were four and one, and that's why they weren't starting him. Mm-hmm. And then they lost five in a row. I don't think they ever got to four and one. Yeah, they won. They lost the first one, won the next. They must have been four and two then. They were about five hundred early, but I don't think they ever got to three games over. Uh, Jordan Howard was injured apparently, and uh, as is tradition, the Bears were even more tight-lipped than Bill Belichick. And uh, it seems like uh, that that is a consistent thing with John Fox, and was in Denver as well. That they don't speak about the injuries really, you know. Uh, and because of that, we're not really sure what the extent of that injury may or may not be, and whether that means that Jeremy Langford and Kadeem Carey will start to get carries in this game, or if Jordan Howard will still be the bell cow back. On that team. And Chicago is just loaded with mystery questions, um, some of which are fantasy relevant and some of which make you kind of run screaming from that offense. But um, do we think that, uh, well, tomorrow we'll know for sure because Wednesday the injury reports come in and there'll at least be some kind of news. But did you watch the Chicago game? Um, I saw a little bit of it. Did Um, you see the, the play that he supposedly got injured on? 
No, and I don't think he did either. I don't yeah, think he's I don't... aware of it either. Um, the way the way I understand it is, I mean, he he ran. I mean, I watched some, and he ran really well in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the second half, he only got two carries. I think it was uh, two or three carries the whole second half. And after the game, when Fox was asked about it, he said something to the effect of he he may have had an Achilles injury, may have had an ankle injury, <laughs> or he may have suffered one. And then somebody asked Howard about it later, and Howard's exact quote was, "I ain't suffered nothing." He, according to Howard, he's not hurt. It sounds like a very smart guy as well. Well, of course, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I mean, I didn't say it in necessarily the same tone he did, so it maybe sounds cooler when he says it. This vernacular. <laughs> no, Sean, it totally sounds cooler when you say it. Um, yeah, I feel like but, John Fox is just like taking, uh, you know, advice from the manatees but, uh, but it from just, South Park. And he's just putting like players' names in a hat and then shuffling them up and rolling them out, and then that's who gets the you Injury know, roulette. Um, that's who they're scheming the, for. He cuts the head off the chicken and lets it wander around the and, table. And wherever he lands is the starter. That's yeah, right. but it just—I mean—it's voodoo look, offense. The fact that the that the head coach and the player disagree about whether the player was injured in the game is is a sign of some dysfunction, I think. And, oh, there's dysfunction there. Um, I I think that Howard will come back this week and be the lead back again, but who knows with John Fox? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, talking about injuries, Larry Fitzgerald and Rob Gronkowski both had injuries as well, but continued playing afterwards. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. He has either a, uh, a perforated lung of some sort or just a chest injury, as specified by Adam Schefter. Either way, he actually uh, had an appointment at an EA Sports event, which he goes to all the time. He has a contract with them. Didn't fly out there today, uh, which makes me think that there's at least something going on. Otherwise, he would have gone out there you know, just to speak at, a, at, a, uh, at a, an event like that. So this means that, of course, with the Gronkowski injury, as always, we have no idea what's going to happen until probably game time. Um, and uh, I know Jason over here will tell you that if he's in the game, you have to play him, and I can't argue with that, but uh, it's dangerous, especially at this point of the fantasy season, not knowing whether or not a player is 100% healthy and whether a team's just going to use him as a decoy, which they often do, especially with Larry Fitzgerald and Rob Gronkowski as uh, you know, two prime examples of that. Heck, Larry Fitz played a whole season as a decoy. <laughs> That's true. So uh, will they be okay for next week? Um, the injury reports do come out tomorrow. We like to check out Roto World and, of course, to the beat reporters on um, on Twitter. Uh, and without giving you a whole list of a bunch of guys to follow, Adam Schefter is the most popular guy who's in touch with the most amount of people who will give you the news at a reasonable time. So, good guy to follow on Twitter is Adam Schefter. And that's uh, that's Twitter. That's not the. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a there's a not the real Adam Schefter too, which I don't suggest you follow because he does not provide accurate fantasy news. Does he purposely provide bad fantasy news? Yes, indeed. That's hilarious. <laughs> so the only I mean, it was a pretty good week as far. I think as it's injury. not Adam Schefter or something like that. As far as injury go, injuries go, it was not a bad week. Um, it was only really Howard, possibly Fitz and Gronk, who might both play or maybe one or two of them sit out. Um, there but, were some defensive injuries, but yeah, we're not going to so, get into all those. Yeah. Well, yeah, Xavier Rhodes is literally the only one that affects fantasy players um, because anyone who he's gone up against has been shut down this year. So if he doesn't play, then uh, it's a huge boost for whoever is going to be playing him. Uh, you guys know who Minnesota plays? Week 11 schedule. Yeah, I was just looking at that, but I don't... Uh... Top of my head. Include the league that I want the schedule. They for. are against the Cardinals. Appreciate yeah, Arizona, right? Oh yeah, I mean that's going to be, you know, it's not like you wouldn't start Fitz if he was playing, but it's going to help out, you know, whoever the hell 
<laughs> winds up catching passes there. Yeah, that, I mean that that I'm not prepared to tell you who that's going to be, but whoever it is is going to be helped. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll see. I mean JJ Nelson was supposed to be the starter last week, and then he had a fumble early, and all of a sudden Ugh. it was Michael Floyd. I mean John Brown may work his way Michael back Floyd in. Michael Floyd got bent in half, and like well the way I'm looking at it now is that John Brown is an afterthought after Larry Fitzgerald and JJ Nelson. Um, and he's only coming in on a couple of plays, and Michael Floyd uh, is has stepped up again uh, in that in that role. So I mean, the, Fitz is the one constant, so they better hope he plays. Yeah, if he doesn't play, then Arizona's got some serious problems. Although for David Johnson owners, it might it might be a good game. A lot of uh, little little passes in the backfield, <laughs> I imagine. And, and let's be honest, the Vikings haven't really beaten anybody lately, so it might lately. be okay for him even if he doesn't play. What but have you done for me lately? Literally, they haven't beaten anybody. But lately. but in terms of figuring out which receiver you'd want to play if Larry Fitzgerald doesn't play, I mean it's it's a crapshoot with the way they've been deploying the receivers lately. Uh, so finally. Um, I just wanted to bring up that there's going to be a Monday night football game this week, next week, in Mexico City. So the Texans and the Raiders will be playing in Mexico City in Estadio Azteca, which is at 7,300 feet above sea level in a city notorious for its pollution. So is, is this going to affect, like, do we have to worry about it from a fantasy perspective that it could affect... The players' conditioning that there could just be way less scoring, or is it not going to matter because both the defense and the offense have to play in this condition, and you know it's as good a chance as any other time. I mean, I do you really see scoring drop off in Denver? I mean, I think that people are used to Denver. I don't think people are used to being another two thousand feet higher. I think you're going to see a lot, a lot of guys grabbing oxygen on the sideline. I think that'll happen. Oh sure. Um, but as far as as far as it being a major major impact, unless some of these guys have that sickle cell trait that'll make them not play, and then they probably aren't even going. Yeah. Yeah, those guys. I mean, if, if Ryan Clark were still in the NFL, he's not playing in this game. Right. Um, you know, if, but um, I think that the guys who who do play, it'll be. Um, you know, pretty typical. You may see a lot more rotation uh, with guys like, I mean, Oakland, for example, with Latavius Murray may use Jalen Richard and DeAndre DeAndre Washington a little bit extra. Or, you know, I mean, Lamar Miller might not play the full complement of downs that you're used to seeing from him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, Brock I think Osweiler be... might look bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he should be used to elevation. He played in Denver. That's true. Uh, but he, he's, he was terrible there too, so we'll see. <laughs> Nineteen million dollars a year, terrible. Or was it eighteen? I don't know. It's... It was a lot of money, and it was terrible pretty much the whole time. Oh yeah. Um. So you know, I'm excited to watch that game just because I like seeing uh, games in like weird settings and stuff like that. Um, but I don't think that it's something that they should necessarily stick with. Know, playing in Mexico City. I like when they play all over the place, and and the NFL has really bad ratings this season. And until they figure out what to do about that, I think they're just going to keep trying to do this worldwide thing to get more people. Because they're like, this is just you know, there's attrition. There's people who aren't watching and aren't watching. The U.S. is is slowly shying a little bit away from the NFL. So we need more people. Where do we find them? Other places. And that's that's what I think their thinking is right now. To be honest. Yeah, and uh, it's and it's always been a big initiative of Goodell's that he wants to expand the the reach of the NFL. Yeah, it's like the biggest countries. thing he's been up to. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not good for the players that they have to fly uh, internationally. It's not good. At least Mexico City is way easier than London. To go from Houston to Mexico City is probably a shorter flight than the Texans have to take 
Yeah, that, that's a quick one. That's before, <laughs> before you know it, they'll be playing games in Tokyo, though. So let's. I was just <laughs> thinking about that. I mean, MLB already opens the season in Asia now. I think. Uh, not not every year. They've done not it a couple year. of times. It's a, a rare thing. Well, the NHL does it. it in Europe too. So you know, it's it's common. All right, so last week we talked about uh, some player trends. We're going to touch on the results of those trends. Um, It was our closest week ever, just between Dave and I. Uh, Sean didn't join us last week. So we had uh, Russell Wilson to start us off. We put him at 15 points. Russell Wilson had a huge game. Dave, good job on the over with Russell Wilson. He uh, was 11 points over the over. Do you have uh, if if those players were trending up or down in those uh, situations? Um, as, as a Russell Wilson owner, he was trending up. Yes, yes. Russell Wilson was totally trending up. Uh, let me find your week ten thingy. <laughs> uh, I, I'm You're so just, descriptive in all your emails, Dave. Podcast. I just think it would be <laughs> it would put a little bit more uh, background into Absolutely. it. Absolutely, I've got it here. Now. Cool. So, yes, Russell Wilson was clearly trending up. The previous week, he had 26.28, uh, and he went up a little bit more, 26.52. Yeah. That's pretty Good impressive. That offense is is really picking up steam. So we had Carson Palmer also trending up, uh, had topped out at 23.5. Um, we put his threshold at 19. Uh, Dave went under and got that one again. Uh, Palmer had a 16.5-point game. Not a disaster, not what you would hope for when they played the – "Quote unquote hapless 49ers. Who, right. You know, it's it's more like the hapless Cardinals who can't play well against anyone really. <laughs> hey, they have beaten the 49ers twice. They crushed the Bills, <laughs> and like the Bills are an all right team, but like they can't play really well against anybody so, else. So wait, so they have four wins on the year, and two are against the 49ers, and one is against the Bills. Who else did they beat? I don't know. Oh, some poor <laughs> poor team. They probably, is... did they didn't they beat like L A. or did they lose to L A. No, they lost to L A. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm now I'm actually curious. Oh, what, I'm incredibly who, curious uh, who that other win yeah, came they, from. They they beat the uh, the Jets twenty eight to three. Oh, of course. Wow, the Jets. So, the collective winning percentage of their the teams they've beaten is well, really not. They beat good. they beat the Bucks too, actually. So, um, oh, they have five wins. The 49ers twice, the Jets, the Bucks, and they lost to the Bills. Yeah, they were my survivor oh, they, pick when they, they played lost the Bucks. to Buffalo. They yeah. beat the Bucks. Oh, they, the Bucks are also right. terrible. Right. The Bucks are actually worse than the Bills. So this just got worse by removing Buffalo and adding no, it Tampa. Certainly is. It's well, certainly Arizona is. started the season by going forty to seven against the Buccaneers, and we were all like, "Arizona's coming back. They're going to win the Super Bowl." And now I don't think anybody's saying that. <laughs> and now we're all saying, "Is Arizona going to make the playoffs?" Right. They're exactly. more likely I don't than think Carolina. Arizona's going to make the playoffs. They're more likely than they're the more than the Panthers. Well, Seattle's going to win that division now that they're playing well. Yeah. That's not even a question. Mm. Yeah, of yeah. course they are. All right. So at running back, we had Matt Forte, who was technically trending down uh, from 25 to 21 to 15 points. So it's not like he was off of anyone's radar, but he did continue his downward streak. We set his threshold at 17. 
uh, I went under and got it with uh, only 10.9 for Matt Forte last week. So that's definitely a trend. That's four weeks in a row of lower production week after week. Definitely. And, and Bilal Powell also had a really big game, mm-hmm. which makes you think maybe that, that split is evening a he little bit as we get later in the season. He scored the only six points that the Jets had in that game. It is. They didn't even get an extra point. You saw in the beginning of the season it was all Forte, and they were running him like he hadn't been run since uh, uh, several years before on the Bears. Like he was projected, extrapolated to get 300 rushes for the season based yeah, he'd on his only per- done that, production. I think rookie year, right? So uh, I do think Bilal Powell is now evening out the production, and and it, that's kind of where it should have been the whole time. Uh, but that team is in a shambles. So I don't know if this is because of what's happening or if they've always planned it this way. I have no idea. Yeah, well, and I think they, didn't they? They made a multi-year investment in Forte, didn't they? Yeah, and he's been good. Which I mean, means I think you're going to continue to see more of Powell with these games not meaning a whole lot. Yeah, uh-huh. and we season. had originally started that line at 20, Forte pushed Cosmo. it down to 17 <laughs> for you to finally take the over on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had Rob Kelly, who was trending up uh, and was going to be a starter. It was a starter. Um, we set his line at nine points as he was trending up. He scored 9.5. Sorry, we started his line at 9. We pushed it to 10, and uh, he scored 9.5. So that's the most strategic push of the week, which ties us up at 2-2 two to because two, I took the under on that one. Yeah. So then we had DeAndre Hopkins, who with 13 targets was totally going to go over his 6 points that we bet on, right? <laughs> 13 targets, easy 6 points. You forget who throws him the football. Oh, DeAndre I did, Hopkins I didn't forget. had 4.8 points. <laughs> And Dave said right after we set the line that he would go to five. He would go under five points. I'm like, look, he's going to score fifty so, yards, Dave, kudos forty to yards. You. That's that what was, he's getting every game. Can, now. We, can we just just in addition to that say kudos to John Elway for not paying Brock Osweiler? Yeah, that's a smart move. Cheers to for Elway sure. for for letting go of that that uh, basically like uh, it's another Mike Glennon like this big huge lanky guy who's not not incredibly good at football. Yeah, and then he then he <laughs> drafted one who's big tall and lanky, but actually a little bit. You know, may actually be good at football. We'll Paxton. see. We'll see how that turns out. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, that puts you at three to two. <laughs> so uh, we also had Mike Wallace, whose threshold was thirteen four. I went under thirteen four. He only had fifty nine yards, no touchdowns. So uh, I take the under on that one. Um, and then we had Antonio Gates uh, to break the tie. You went over. I went under nine point four points. And he had a good game, but not a great game. Well, I guess it is a great game for he, him. He cleared that. He scored a touchdown. 12.3 yeah. for Antonio yeah, Gates. Yeah, Gates continues his climb upwards into like a fantasy relevancy once more. So you, Dave, you just can't kill that guy off. No. <laughs> Dave wins 4-3. to three Of no consolation to me is the fact that I won the tiebreaker, which doesn't matter because everyone played. <laughs> so, Dave, you get a $20 mystery box. Yeah, that's awesome. So I just have to rent, find something cool from Amazon and order it. So that'll be fun. Um, I, I did enjoy the uh, mystery box that I received a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, well, congrats. I look forward to it. All right, so um, since we got Sean here with us, uh, we want to dive into a uh, little bit of rookie stuff. However, first, we're going to have a drink, folks. Mm. Good morning, children. Welcome to school. This uh, Pipeworks beer, the brewed in Chicago, is always fantastic. Lil Citra, Session India Pale Ale. I think you talked about it earlier, but uh, these are always some of my favorite beers of the week. It's like a, a cat ninja 
who's slicing the hops off of a vine or a tree with a huge pipe wrench. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah, the, the, art, the artwork, artwork is on cool. The, yeah, the artwork for this beer is amazing. I mean, yeah, any of the Pipeworks ones has some pretty cool artwork on them. I hope they open up a uh, tap room soon, because last time I tried to go there, it was just a building, and they're like, no, we don't serve you. <laughs> you can't have any beer. <laughs> I think I think they are, though. I think I they're finally getting to that. But uh, you're talking about a live rookie report, which is always fun, yes? Yes, so Sean, thank you again for joining us, because we rely on you for rookie uh, expertise here. You're the college expert of you know anybody I know. Um, so, you know... We're going to talk about some rookies here, talk about how they've been performing, what you think of them, and then uh, I want to know, you know, at the end, who you think is the most impressive rookie and who you think is the most disappointing rookie. So keep that in the back of your mind. But first, mm-hmm. you know, who else would we start with but Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott? These guys are 8-1 and one on the season. They are cr- rolling through all of the good teams in the NFL, all the teams we thought were good. They just need to play Seattle and uh, New England, and then we'll find out the rest. Well, yeah, they all, they don't have New England on the schedule, so we're talking Super Bowl. No, if that Super happens. Bowl matchup. So, that would be a great Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that would be a really good one. Um, I think the AFC West teams are just as, have a good shot to get there too. But um, with uh, with Zeke, I mean Zeke and Dak, I mean it's impossible to not kind of link the two together because they're on the same team. But it, one of them is here, way up high, and the and other one, the, the other, other one, one is, is 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 still on Earth. Yeah, and and the one who's not on earth is Zeke. Um, I'm just glad he's not terrorizing Michigan anymore in college as an Ohio State Buckeye, <laughs> as a U of M fan. But man, he is far and away the best rookie this year. And I mean, it was it was obvious the best rookie in. we've seen for maybe five years. The amazing the amazing thing is there's probably three or four running backs in next year's draft class that are similar talents to Zeke. To Zeke. To Zeke. Yeah. Um, I mean, not necessarily the same level, but there's guys close. Um, but, no, he is he's a special runner. And unlike Todd Gurley from last season, he's in a good offense with a good offensive line and good weapons on the outside oh, yeah. to, to draw some of the attention away. Uh, I mean, I've seen, I saw a photo from his game against the 49ers a few weeks back where on a run play that he had, there was enough room in the hole that the O-line created to fit five of him. <laughs> Did they just someone literally the somebody literally photoshopped oh. five Ezekiel Elliotts into the the hole that he had to run through? When they um, say you can drive a truck through the hole, sometimes they're not kidding. They're not kidding. Yeah, um, Dak on the other hand, he's played really well. He's he's done the things that you would ask a young quarterback to do. He's not turning the ball over. He's making smart throws. Um, they're not asking him to go out and win a game with his arm. And I think that the the situation that he landed in is perfect for him. If you put him on, you know, 30 of the teams in the league, he's not doing anywhere near what he's doing with Dallas. I think that Zeke's running game Yeah, you have to have that running game to really take up. all the pressure. Literally take all of the pressure off Dak Prescott. All of it. So he, All he has to do is just go out there and not make bad mistakes. And he's for the most part, he's not. Aside from he had the one fumble against the Steelers. Um, but aside from that, he's just not making the mistakes that are going to cost you games. And as a result, they're winning. Fantasy-wise, he's got the uh, seventh most points on the season. For he scores one. 17 or more every week. Aside from week one, he's been at at least 17 points every single week. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's had, he's had multiple touchdowns the last four weeks, four games. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's rock steady. Like I mean, he's not going to necessarily be the number one quarterback any week, but he's going to at worst be a low-end QB1 most weeks. So best rookie quarterback of the year so far. Yeah, oh, it's easily. not even close. It's um, been him. And clearly the best rookie period we've seen. Is Zeke. I think yeah. as long as well, I've been doing drink five, he's got to be the best rookie I've seen. 
I, I mean, Odell was was amazing his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, if, if he but keeps this Zeke up... Zeke from, from the get-go is like... They're talking about Adrian Peterson and Eric Dickerson. If he keeps this up, he basically is doing what Todd Gurley did over the last nine or ten games last season over the course of a whole season. And right. And that's really difficult to do. Nobody in the quote-unquote modern NFL does this in the, when they start their career. When RG3 uh, first came into the league, he had a fantastic year. He did. And Cam Newton's year was pretty good, too. But that wasn't earth-shattering. But this this almost is going to... If they get to the Super Bowl, it counts as earth-shattering. No, I don't care if they get to the Super Bowl. The point is, he's the he's he's arguably the best receiver in the NFL, and he's the rookie. Or best running Rush. back. Uh, not receiver, running back. But yes, and he's a rookie. And he's catching balls, too. Yeah, he's one of the best receiving running catching backs, Catching 85-yard sure. touchdowns. So, I mean... <laughs> no, he's, he's... He's a dangerous guy, you know. And we've, we've got these things coming up. And he's maybe up. the most valuable fantasy player to own this. And, year. of course, this being the NFL, we, we have, you know, these things coming up about, about his background and history now. And he's being looked into by, you know, outside sources. And, uh, you know, there's... there's there still th- remains to be seen what comes of all that. I, I think that the the allegations and that are overblown. I've seen that the... Initi- I do too, but I'm just saying the NFL is real careful about stuff like this nowadays. Well, sure, but I mean, that's more for a public front. I mean, they, I mean let's not kid ourselves. I don't think they're very careful. Look at what happened with uh, the kicker. Yeah, and- Josh Brown got yeah. a one-game suspension for... A one-game suspension, yeah. and they brushed stuff under the rug that the NFL knew all about. And it wasn't until it became public knowledge that they did anything about it. That's that's been their it's, mo all it, along. If there's something here and it becomes public knowledge, he's going to get in trouble. Otherwise, if if nothing ever comes out, he's never going to get in trouble, even if they know what happened. This this is all I'm saying. Like we don't know this gentleman. That's all I'm saying. It's, you know, that's true. Grand well, assault. And he field, did he did wear fun. those half shirts at Ohio State. So I mean, <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Fast start, two touchdowns in the last five weeks. Yeah, I mean, he looked he looked more poised than I expected him to coming in. Um, it was such a huge jump in competition to go from FCS in college to starting in the NFL week one of your rookie year. Uh, and he acquitted himself really well. Granted, it was against some pretty bad football teams in the Browns and the Bears those first two weeks. Um, <laughs> they were you know, he, he got lucky with who he started against, but now we're starting to see... Well, week three he played Pittsburgh um, and beat them, you know... And he scored 21 points. True, but some of that was a long reception by Darren Sproles. That was his last. Um, that was his last really good week, by the way. Yeah. Oh, since then the team has kind of gone in a bit of a tailspin as far as his performance. They've they've leaned on the running game more, which is what you should do to protect a rookie quarterback. Um, but he hasn't been as good, obviously. Until last week, they didn't have much of a running game. That's that's true. Well, Sproles had a couple decent ball games in yeah, there. Yeah, but he's not he's not a running back that's going to protect a quarterback. In terms of they can lean on him to take pressure off the quarterback, and he's not a guy who can take take the ball every carry. No, he. What did he? How many carries did he have two weeks ago? I think it was like seventeen for eighty some odd yards. But I even think. that, like, he's probably not getting like every carry in a whole series or anything like that. Well, they're, they're, they have a uh, they have a committee, and that's how it's going to work in Philadelphia. We saw a lot of right. Ryan Matthews last week, and that's good. And uh, I always think that, you know, the way that these rookie quarterbacks come in, if they do really well for a couple weeks, you know, maybe it's because no one's ever seen them before and on the tape, et cetera, with the schemes that they set up as coaches. So I think that's what happened with Wentz is he did well, but now there's certain things he's doing that the coaches know about. They tell the defense to get behind, and you know what? He can't get out of it. He's not. He doesn't have tricks like uh, some of these other guys do. Dak Prescott's mixing things up, and he's got a great running game. Carson is not mixing things up, and he doesn't have a great running game. Heck, Trevor Simeon is now having a better season than Carson Wentz. Yeah, 
who, um, who I actually left off the list. But what do you think about Simeon? He's also a rookie. But there's starter. larger no, issues at no, foot. No, he is not. In fact, not. A oh, rookie. that's right. He's no. not a rookie. He's My a bad. second year guy. He was a seventh round draft pick um, the year prior. I think we commonly um, get that wrong. Uh, yeah, Simeon's not a rookie, um, but he also has a lot better offense, a lot better targets than a guy to throw the football to than Wentz. Does. Yeah, there's other larger Wentz's... issues at foot with the Eagles because the Eagles had a great defense for a while. Now mm-hmm. that's gone. Like there's the Eagles in general are imploding. It's not all Carson Wentz's fault, right? And it's also you're also starting to see that it might not have all been Chip Kelly's fault last year too, as they kind of start to sputter a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like Chip Kelly's doing great things in other places. No, but I mean, he, he, inherited, he, also, he inherited one of the least talented rosters in the NFL, this side of the Browns. So, I mean... Yeah, they had like six players retire Yeah, <laughs> at the beginning of the season. I mean, only slightly more than my fan, my dynasty team, so that's fine. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Sean got... <laughs> Sean had a bad year in dynasty, everyone. Uh, a lot of retirements. <laughs> All, All right. right. Uh, next on our list is uh, Sterling Shepard. So he plays opposite Odell Beckham Jr. He has literally had between six and eight targets every week since week one. Yeah, he actually doesn't play opposite. He plays in the slot for the most part. They they line up in three wide receiver sets more okay, than I guess, yes. probably 85% of the time, and he is the slot wide receiver. Okay. Um, I meant more like Vic, he's on the field with Odell. With Odell. Because the, the third guy keeps getting traded out on that team, but... They're the two constants. Yeah, but I mean... Strictly speaking, you're correct. His his production hasn't been quite where I'd like to see it, but he's a guy I've always had a soft spot for. I think he's probably... He, Aww, I felt like Sean. I mean, it like I felt like coming into the year, he was one that I really liked. I thought he was probably the most pro-ready of all the, the rookie wide receivers, although he didn't have necessarily the upside of a Josh Doxson or... I thought he'd be better than top. he has been just because the offense was really clicking and now it's not clicking as well as it did last year. Uh, but, true, but he's still but, getting a lot of points. True, but they're also starting to come around. Um, you've uh-huh. seen Eli's had better performances the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I think Shepard has two touchdowns in the last three games. They're looking better. Um, he, it might even be the last two games that he scored in each game. He's certainly playing better, but I'd like to see his catches and yards go up a little bit, especially considering he is getting seven or eight targets every week. You know, a lot of it has to do with the run game, though, and Rashad Jennings started running better, and Paul Perkins is running okay. And so, like, to have a stable run game is the foundation of this stuff. Yeah, and it, and it should help a lot going forward. All it is... It is tricky to really establish the run when you're in three wide receiver sets 85% of the time, too. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the it's offense true. they run. It's true. And really, I mean, as an Odell Beckham Jr. fan and owner, go for it. Keep running those three wide receiver sets. Sure. He's yeah. getting so many targets every... He caught... He had, uh, 11 targets, 10 catches last week. Like He's starting to really grab onto everything, too, like... Oh man, if he can become one of those guys that's high efficiency and can go down the field, like he may be arguing, you know, for the top spot. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that efficiency. That's kind of what happened with like Tyler Lockett last season, where he was catching. If you throw him eight balls, he'd catch seven or eight of them almost every week. It felt like. Yeah. Uh, and you've seen that with Stephon Diggs lately too, where he's catching almost everything that comes his way. All right. Um, Corey Coleman and Cody Kessler, a couple of rookies starting uh, in Cleveland. So um, Coleman was out for a little while with a hand, broken hand. Kessler also missed a few games with injuries. So they looked okay starting the season. Coleman had a big game. Um, they still haven't won a game. Um, so is are, are they going to be part of the Browns rebuilding part of their core? Or are they, um, you know, is, is Kessler going to be their core quarterback that they build around? I don't believe he is. Um, but we'll get a better feel for that, um, you know, on draft day. If they draft a QB in the first round, you'll know the answer to that. Um, if they don't, then maybe they're willing to, to give him a little bit more chance. Um, but I've also heard that 
Robert Griffin III is going to make more starts this year. Yeah, it um, sounds like they want him that to come he is, back. That he is coming back. He's going to practice soon, and they're saying that they expect him to make another another couple starts later this season. Uh, Corey Coleman is absolutely a big part of their future. He is uh, going to be a star, uh, especially once they get him someone who can consistently get him the football. Yeah. So is Terrell Pryor. I mean, they've they've got pieces in place as far as the skill positions. So Coleman is a guy definitely talented enough to keep building on. You think Kessler, you know, shaky at best? Yeah, I mean, he still hasn't shown the ability to throw the ball down the field, which they've got guys that are built to go down the field with Pryor and Coleman. Yeah. Uh, and Ricardo Lewis, too. That's why, that's why uh, the count is so successful there. Ricardo he Lewis is basically the their, their number three. He's a rookie as well, and he's also built to go downfield. They're built to have a vertical passing game, which has been a staple of Hugh Jackson offenses over the years. I, that's what they want to build, yeah. and I don't think Kessler is the quarterback for that offense. All right, so Derek Henry uh, looked pretty good when he on that one Thursday night game. Uh, Dave, you saw that one in person. I'm sure Derrick Henry looked awesome that night. Were you talking about uh, in Nashville, the Titans versus the, the Jaguars? That's right. He had a touchdown that night. He was getting a bunch of carries because it was kind of garbagey time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, but is he going to get enough touches behind DeMarco to be relevant this year? Derrick Henry is He's awesome. A great year. And uh, the problem is DeMarco Murray is better than him. <laughs> Someone actually played... Derrick Henry against me that Thursday night game. <laughs> a week after Derrick Henry got like one carry for three yards or something absurd like that. Um, well, he'd be starting on a different team. But. No, and he's going to eventually start for the Titans, I think. Um, mm. But I think that as far as this season's concerned, he's a handcuff. He's a high. He's a very talented handcuff. But unless DeMarco Murray gets hurt or they fall out of the playoffs. There's no way I see Henry becoming the starter there. Yeah, they, I can see him walking, step into a very productive role if that were to happen. Well, they know sure. they know what they have, and uh, they're just going to ride what they have right now, which is one of the best running backs in football. And then, you know, in, in a year or two, he's the starter. If he can develop some of those third down skills, he has the talent to be a really good NFL running back. If he can develop as a receiver, develop as a pass blocker, he can be a really, really solid NFL running back. He already is a great between the tackles power runner. That is something we don't see. We don't. We don't look at. You know, a lot of the times as fantasy people is are they are they blocking well for the quarterback? Or are they doing other things on the field besides getting you points? Right, but it, they, but it can keep, keep them off the Mariota field. Right. upright definitely. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's why I think why the Seahawks are so excited to get back Thomas Rawls is because he's going to be much better at keeping Russell Wilson upright than CJ Procise is as a blocker. All right, so uh, Kenneth Dixon is, um, you know, in name the starter right now. Maybe not even in name yet. No, that's uh, still, I think it's still Terrence it's still West. Terrence West out there. Yeah, he's not really getting the carries yet. Uh, it was thought that you know because of the volatility at running back there that he would be able to step in and just kind of take over. But you know he's only got ten points on the season. He's really not doing anything yet. Is Dixon going to be able to turn it around, or is he kind of you know a, a project to worry about next year? Well, I mean, you said he has 10 points on the season. Eight of them were in Week 10. He True. just, Week 9 and 10, started getting carries for yeah. the team. I mean, so. yeah, it's, it's, it's misleading to, to point out the number of the 10 total points because it's really been in two weeks. But um, he's had 11 touches each of the last two weeks. I'd expect him to continue to see that kind of workload going forward unless, unless he starts to really be effective with those touches or you see Terrence West become less effective. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe his role grows a little bit. I mean, West is not DeMarco Murray, where he's cemented into that number one role. Um, but he's also uh, going to be the third down back because West is not a receiver out of the backfield. That's going to be all Dixon. So games where they're behind, he may play more. He may get more catches, more yards. So 
I think he's got an opportunity to really step up and showcase what he can do over the next five, six weeks uh, or the rest of the season. Um, but uh, I think going forward, he's going to be a better player than Terrence West. I like I like Terrence West, and I liked him to start the season, and I thought he might take over that job. But in the past four weeks, uh, he's averaged uh, 2.73 yards per carry. So basically, Kenneth Dixon is going to take that job unless <laughs> unless something like happens. Yeah, it's I mean, just it's an eventuality at this Terrence point. Terrence West isn't doing anything to keep the job. Correct. Terrence West is going all Isaiah Crowell without as much early season success as Crowell had. Correct. So Will Fuller uh, over in Houston had a great start to his season, over 300 yards in the first four games. Uh, since then, he's put up a you know he didn't even play last week. Uh, I don't remember what happened in week six if he played or not. I don't think he did. If he did, he didn't even get targeted. Um, so uh, it's possible that injury is really just going to kind of ruin the end of his season. But um, from what you saw early in the season, do you think that that's the sort of thing that could continue? Or was that like flukish, just kind of like nobody had seen him before, so they didn't think to cover him because everyone was worried about DeAndre Hopkins? I don't think it's flukish. Um, his speed is real. Uh, he's And honestly... I, I was very skeptical of him when he got drafted where he did in the first round, but when you look at where he landed, he's kind of the perfect complement to DeAndre Hopkins who can you know run the full route tree and is very difficult to defend if you don't double-team him. Just need a quarterback. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Brock Osweiler is the problem. problem for a, since they had Warren Moon. It's actually surprising. That it's, was a different franchise. <laughs> isn't, isn't it surprising that Will Fuller had the good games that he did? You know, saying that like how bad we know that Osweiler is. Like he had games that were 107 and a touchdown, 104 yards, seven for 81 and a touchdown. Like those are better than DeAndre Hopkins played this year. That was also before a lot of a lot of people necessarily knew how the Titan or the Texans op- offense was going to operate because it's almost all new pieces. I mean, but they need a different quarterback. The only the only guy they had that was or only skill player that was a regular starter last season is DeAndre Hopkins. So. Right. Fuller was new, and Fedorowicz didn't play as much last year. New team. Lamar Miller's new. Osweiler's new. So every, no one really knew how it was going to fit. So those first few weeks, it was more kind of figuring out how that offense was going to play. And Osweiler was more successful because teams didn't have as good a read on what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he reminds me a little bit of Sammy Coates where, I mean, he's so explosive and so good at getting downfield to make plays that you can take a drop here and there because there's going to be drops. He's not going to be, you know – perfect on those kind of plays he's a little droppy but but at the same time he's, he's gonna be so it, when he does make the catch it's gonna be such a game-changing type of play on those deep throws that you're willing to live with some of the the, the faults it was those players when they when they make a play that they are like stand up and and yell plays he's he's kind of a stand up and yell guy <laughs> that's a good way to put it <laughs> yeah all right, so Sean, I want to know out of these four rookie running backs, who do you think is the best runner? Who do you like the most this season? Uh, we've got CJ Procise, Jordan Howard, Devontae Booker, and Paul Perkins. So not necessarily like who scored the most fantasy points, but who do you see is in the best position? Who do you, you know, who who have you liked their performance the most? Whose performance um, have you liked the most? So the guy of this group who I who I've been the most impressed by from what I've seen is probably Jordan Howard. Um, I mean, he came into this season basically looked at as just a between-the-tackles runner, not a guy who can catch out of the backfield. He didn't mm-hmm. wasn't asked to do it at Indiana, and he's proven he has that part of his game in the NFL. Oh, yeah. When they've given him the opportunity he's produced, the only problem is you never know what when John Fox is going to give him the opportunity. In terms of which guy of that group I'd most want to own going forward, it's Devontae Booker because the Broncos are going to play from ahead a lot of games, which means they're going to run the ball. 
And Booker's role seems secure, at least as long as C.J. Anderson's out. And he's out for the season. Yeah, well, he's on I, I, well, is it IR to return, or potentially return? There, I think week 17, so well, okay. don't worry about it. So, yeah, so, I mean, realistically, through the rest of the fantasy season, he's going to be the starter in Denver. I mean, you look at ProSize, he's going to have to contend with Thomas Rawls. You look at Jordan Howard, he has to contend with John Fox. <laughs> and you look <laughs> at Paul, and you look at Paul, Paul Perkins, you're still dealing with, I mean, he's not the, the starter now. I mean, Rashad right. Jennings is the guy there. I think Booker maintains that starting role, and I think he is probably the most valuable for the rest of this season of that group. Yeah, that's good insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hell, Jordan Howard, you know, I am impressed by him. He had yeah. 154 yards against Minnesota. Yeah, he's just done a bad situation. Yeah, I mean, if I had... If Worse I, than Denver, if I had to rank which the, is not a great situation. <laughs> to rank the four of them going forward for the rest of the season, I would say Devontae Booker, then Howard, then Procise, and then Perkins. Yeah. So uh, we talked about Jared Goff a little bit earlier. Um so he is finally starting. Um, do you think that he should have started earlier? Do you think they should have just gone with him to start the season? Um, I think the answer to that's an easy yes, but I think they got kind of sidetracked from that because they won some games early in the season and got above five hundred for a little bit. Yeah. Um, they were thinking that they could be a playoff team. Don't don't change quarterbacks when you're four and two or whatever record they they're were. Three and one. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Whatever record it was, they got off to a quick start the first few weeks of the season, and I think that's why they kind of said let's stick with Keenum. But he's been so bad over the last month, month and a half. I mean, even in week one, he was awful against the Forty ers um, who have proven to not have a good defense. Yeah. Um, um, one guy we skipped on our list was Michael Thomas. He was the best receiver on the Saints. Uh, he didn't put up a goose egg last week because he fumbled twice. Um, you know, do, is this kind of a surprise to you? Did you think that he'd be able to get in the groove right away? Um, no, I think I think Thomas was one of the more pro-ready wide receivers. I think we kind of knew. I think everyone knew he had a pretty high floor. He wasn't going to come in and be a complete bust at the NFL level. I think the question was whether or not there was the upside that some of those guys that went in the first round had, um, you know, in the mm-hmm. NFL draft. Mm-hmm. He just uh, had a bad week, man. Yeah, uh, I'm not. Yeah, as far I'm just talking about his overall value. Hey, fantasy players need to be talked off the ledge all the time. That one, that was just Especially more. Of, that was more of a general <laughs> overview coming into this season. I'm. Not, I mean, I'm not surprised right, he's been so for. good this year. And I don't think that – I mean, he, he fumbled twice. That's obviously not a good sign. And then clearly the coach is just going to be like, you know what, take the rest of the day off. But he's yeah. had 51, 51 receptions uh, in nine weeks. Yeah. So pretty good. I he, like that. Yeah. I mean, if you take away um, – or I was going to say, if, yeah, before last week, he was a top 15 wide receiver for the season. Yeah. I mean, he's been outstanding he the last month leading, and a half. I and, think he was on pace to – have the most receptions of any saint ever. Wow, that's okay. On I didn't pace, know it was quite that high. On um, pace, I didn't hear that either. He was just on pace to lead the team. Uh, and then also one other thing: the I best wanna... saint ever, Michael Thomas. <laughs> that makes no sense. Sure, sure, but one, maybe one other thing I want to point out too is last week he was playing the Denver Broncos, who have been notorious Good, the against best wide receivers. In the league against wide yeah. receivers, they yeah. literally in the last week, uh, based on uh, on stand, they ruined in, wide receivers by ESPN standard scoring. The Broncos had been allowing five points less to wide receivers per game than the second than best the team in the league. Team. I mean that's an absurd gap for that's one or two. That's very impressive, and that's why I mean I I said in my col- or my article last week to to bench him. I know it's tough to do because of what he'd been doing. I should have listened, but it was just one. I think it was just one bad week. I think it's just a blip, and I think he'll be back to normal this week. 
So let me butt in and uh, just remind everybody who's listening here today that we have all the other podcasts available as well on iTunes and Stitcher. You can find them under Drink 5 Network. And then, uh, of course, we're available on Twitter at Drink 5 if you have any lineup questions. You know, I I look on there and answer questions from people right before the game start, uh, even before some of my own lineups sometimes. Although, (laughs) if I have to choose between you and I, I'm going to pick me. You know, I'm selfish. What can I say? Uh, Facebook.com slash Drink 5 Network is where we're available on that particular social media channel. And if you want to reach any of us directly, you can just take our first name at Drink5.com and uh, and hit us up right to our personal inboxes. Um, And where are we at, Jay? Uh, so, Sean, what I want to know is, did, did we miss any rookies, first of all? Any any rook, any impactful fantasy rookies that we missed? Well, I mean, there's one that I, the last few weeks hasn't been that impactful, but prior to that was having a nice stretch. Uh, Hunter Henry uh, from the Chargers, okay. who I do think after this season, I think I don't know that Gates comes back for another year. Um, I think if he doesn't, Hunter Henry steps up and is a top 10 tight end next year. Do you know how um, many times we discussed Antonio Gates and Frank Gore leaving the NFL? I'm no, and, you're right. And, you, and they're, you tired can, of that. And their understudies perhaps coming up and you uh, cannot kill years. those guys. I get it, but isn't Gates like three years older than Frank Gore or something like that? I'm going to say like 37 or Antonio something Gates like is that. a vampire. He's 382. I think, I think Gore is only like 33 or 34. Well, no, but he's a running old, back. He's a running back where yeah. you die off at 30 typically. Antonio Gates is I mean, 36. die is the wrong word, but you yeah. get what I mean. Die is the wrong word. And Frank Gore is younger than us, Dave. Unless you're talking about Easter eggs, man, it's the wrong word. And younger yeah. than us has nothing to do with your proficiency at, at the actual football game. Yeah, so not so, anymore. <laughs> so yeah, Hunter Hunter Henry is is a pretty uh, pretty obvious one. Yeah, one to call out. Um, I guess Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Tyreek Hill. He's had a good couple of last games here. The thing with the thing with Tyreek Hill is I don't know what his ceiling is. He's uh he strikes you as kind of a speed gadget guy to throw a bunch of short passes to, but he's been given opportunity and he's produced recently. So we'll see where it takes him. All right. So real quick, I want to know who's the most impressive rookie that's not a cowboy michael thomas and who is the most disappointing rookie so far tajay sharp and yeah who He's is been... going to be the best rookie down the stretch that's not a cowboy that's not a cowboy she, he likes Corey coleman um Ooh. not not the way they're throwing the ball lately they, they their offense seems to be regressing the last few weeks i like cj Procise. I was never going to be a like an every down guy. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by the top running back of that group and say Devonte Booker. I think Derrick Henry could be the most impressive guy Booker. down the road. He would he would need an injury or for the team to fall out of the playoffs in race. three years. You know. <laughs> no, I thought he, I thought you were saying the rest of this season. The rest of this season. Oh, Devon, the rest of this Devonte season. Booker. Well, then no, no, and possibly Michael Thomas. I think Thomas is right there too. Okay. Mm. Yeah, not. I'm not talking about Henry for the rest of this season. though. I don't wish any ill upon DeMarco Murray. Okay, so it is time to bring back a segment that we haven't done since last season. Um, we're going to do the head-to-head-to-head matchup. Is this, this is where I paid off today. This is, this is the bet that you paid off earlier, Sean. From last... From last uh, year's week ten, <laughs> uh, we had a head to head to head, and I won, and Sean was the loser, and Dave was the recipient of pizza. So sometimes it's not so bad to come in second place. Um, so we'll start off using our rankings, which you can check out on our website, drink5.com. We are a fantasy pros expert. Look for Dave on there, David Biggs to be specific, if you uh, are searching. Um, so what we're going to do is take our rankings this week. 
Uh, we'll pick a, a range of players and we'll draft from them. Sean, uh, since you lost the last time we did this round, you get to go first. You know, it's only fair. Um, so we're going to start at quarterback here. Actually, no. The way we do this is that you get to pick positions. Yep. So you got the notes up, right? You know where we're going to be drawing from. You can pick any of those uh, roster spots to start with. And then you get to pick the first player out of that. I'll let you know who they are. Let's go wide receiver one. <laughs> okay, so wide receiver one. What numbers do we have for those? For 600, Alex. 678. <laughs> 678 on the wide receiver is going to be Des Bryant, Jordy Nelson, and Kelvin Benjamin. So, All right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna rule out K Benji right away. Um, let me let me take a quick Guinness. Who do we got? Who do you have their matchups? Sure. So Jordy Nelson will be playing at Washington. We got the Sunday night game. We're just playing standard, right? Uh, this is uh, drink five standard scoring. Yeah. All those rules apply. Uh, Brandon Cooks is playing Thursday night at Carolina. I thought you said Des Bryant. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Des Bryant is playing uh, Baltimore at home. It's a must be a Sunday afternoon or late it, game. It is Sunday afternoon. Hmm. I am going to go with Dez. All right, Dez Bryant it is. Um, continuing clockwise, I will take Jordy Nelson at Washington. Kelvin Benjamin. That's a, that's a good choice, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I like when teams play New Orleans because that means they're going to score 1,000 points. So I'm all right with it. No worries. All right, and then our um, if any of those guys don't go, the understudy for them will be Brandon Cooks. So, just need to write that one down. I am going to pick next. I'm going to go with the quarterbacks here. Uh, we're going to pick quarterback 8, 9, and 10, uh, which are Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, and Kirk Cousins. Wilson uh, jumps out to me right away, but he is playing Philadelphia. I'm going to take a guy that I never like taking in fantasy, Matt Stafford. I would much rather have taken Matt Stafford, but because you took him, I will take Russell Wilson. Guys, I... I also will take Russell Wilson. <laughs> I, I guess I guess Kirk Cousins. Elimination. Oh, that's uh, that's not Russell Wilson. Sorry I about mean, that. Have, have any of Green Bay's corners gotten healthy yet? Any of them? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. All right, I think I'll live with Cousins. That's fine. We'll and then right. our our emergency will be Eli. I mean, and he, it'll be funny to see if there's no. Uh, if there's no like backups needed, we'll see if the backup team could have done better than our teams. Kirk Cousins could easily uh, he could easily score twenty plus points. Sure. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Packers have been pretty bad in the secondary. Yeah, but I mean, I'd rather have uh, Stafford or Ru- Russ has been red hot. Stafford's having a strong season. Or Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Dave, it's on you to uh, select a position. Yeah, WR two, please. WR two is fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. Uh, so that will be Golden Tate. Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas. I like that selection. I feel like you can't go wrong there. Uh, well, I'll, I'll select Michael Thomas. We just talked about him, and I think he'll have a really good game versus Carolina, which does not have a very good secondary this year. All right. You just keep taking the guys I want to take, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, I'm here for, man. Tate's been so Detroit here. I think I might. Tate's uh, been really good with Stafford in the past. Uh, let's say four well, or five he's, weeks. He's been I'm sort either, of up and down all year. I mean, Devonte Adams has been red Packer. hot. I mean, Devonte Adams has been a big part of the Packer offense lately. I got to go with Devonte. That's fine. I already have one Lion and one Packer, so I'm just getting a third. Can you yeah. hand me another beer? Oh, yeah, what would yeah, you like, Dave? Same over here. As the well. smaller one. Well, here I will hand you a bunch of them, and you can pass them over to Sean. That is the variety pack. So it's on to me now? Uh, no, I well, yeah, because I'll be taking the... Golden Tate. 
Well, yeah. I've got that battery <laughs> of Tate to Stafford. So, yeah, uh, you've got the running backs, uh, wide receiver, tight end, kicker, and defense available still. Uh, let's let's go top running back. All right, the top running backs we will choose from uh, five, six, and seven on the running back list here. That's going to be, if I can scroll, I'll learn how to use computers, I promise. <laughs> uh, number five, Ezekiel Elliott. Number six, LaShawn McCoy. Number seven, Spencer Ware. So... Just, You're just like, so uh, I can have Ezekiel Elliott? I, that's sort of where my head's at <laughs> Did right I now. hear you right? So, it's a trick, Sean. It's so a trick. So Zeke is outside of the top four in it's your rankings? It's a trick. You guys are getting really excited. I can tell by the sound waves here. I'm just going to put Ezekiel Elliott down. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott, you gotta, you got to understand the way we think is about matchups. The way I think for sure is about matchups. With Zeke, I Everyone don't, else I has don't, a better matchup. I don't care with Zeke. I'm taking Zeke. That's fine. It's just that Le'Veon, you know, the guys above him, the matchups are just, oh, they're magnificent. All right, so I am going to take, uh, I'm taking LaShawn McCoy. Absolutely. And then that would leave Dave uh, with Spencer Ware. So be it. It's not my first choice, but you know he's been a rather rather serviceable running back this year. And who is our understudy? He's literally your only choice. Our backup. Or... Our backup will be Jay Ajayi. Oh, see, I, I uh... you'd rather have the backup. I'd rather have Ajayi than Ware. Yes. <laughs> Come on, Ware get injured. I, I get injured. Death. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, I am gonna pick the other running back position, uh, which will be nice 15, board, 16, and seventeen. <laughs> Uh, Mark Ingram, Robert Kelly, Doug Martin. Um, hmm. I'm definitely taking Mark Ingram from that one. I like that matchup against Carolina, um, even though it's on a Thursday night. I know I always crap on Thursday night. So, and I, I, you know, it's still going to be a bad Thursday night game. Hmm. So you've got Robert Kelly and Doug Martin, Dave. Yeah, I'm my... write down one of them. You know my issues with that, right? I'm sure you can assume. Basically, Doug Martin's just coming back in uh, limited capacity, uh, so we're not exactly sure where he is as far as his uh, health meter. And uh, if we if we talk about Rob Kelly, he's he's looking pretty decent, but he's playing Green Bay, who used to be ranked the number one rushing defense in all of football. Now they're number four. You, you may have seen this stat on Kelly today that of his 60 carries this season, only two have gone for a loss. Right. Well, I that's what keeps you in as a starter. Be, <laughs> it does, and he doesn't fumble, which Matt Jones did. Also, because Doug starter. Martin is is just coming back from an injury, I'm going to select Robert Kelly. Oh, that's I, not what I wrote down. I would have taken Doug Martin if I had my choice of all three. Really? There you go. Yep. I, I trust him. The Duggernaut's back. The Duggernaut. You mean the muscle hamster? He hates muscle <laughs> hamster. So what? Adrian Peterson hates Purple Jesus. I mean... I'm going to keep calling him that. Not to his face, but... You might get beaten with a swatch. <laughs> I believe they call it a switch. A, no, he has a watch, a really big watch that he uses to beat fans. <laughs> made in, made in uh, Switzerland, I think. This this took a turn. Uh, okay, one, two, three. Dave, it is your Is turn that a swatch, I see? To pick a position. Um, okay, well, I like defenses, so let's go with my own rankings of defenses and pick between them. Alrighty, uh, will you give us the uh, one, two, and three defenses, please? Don't you have the rankings up? Um, I don't have. I don't have the defenses. I'm now confused at how you are picking these. That's well, a, yeah. aren't they on the, our website? It's not on the widget. I'm. 
It's not on the widget. Well, give me just a moment then, I suppose. That makes no sense to me. I can get them from the other side. The other side. We need, like, uh, some technical difficulty music to play. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any of that. All right. So here we are with the rankings on the weekly basis. Um, well, while we do so this, So the I'll, number one, two, and three. I'll correct the uh, mistake that was made earlier, however that was made. Okay, so is it the Chiefs, the Vikings, and the Cardinals, Dave? Why are you asking me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Chiefs, Vikings, and Cardinals, your choices first. Right, and I select the Chiefs. Okay. <laughs> Kansas City. All right. Uh, Sean, you're next. Uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals because Minnesota's offense has not been good. Uh, and I'll take the Minnesota defense because the Arizona offense has not been good. <laughs> We'll we'll see. We'll just see how that plays out. Well, you want a little side bet on which one of those defenses does better? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> those those are two teams that with their performances. That's a very big get, vote of confidence you got there. With how those teams have performed as a you know, collectively this season, there's not a lot I want to bet on involving those teams. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, and uh, Sean, you choose the your last position. What do you uh, have to wide receiver, tight end? tight end, and kicker. Wide receiver three. Let's go tight end. All right. From tight end, we will be choosing uh, four, five, and six. So we've got Jordan Reed, Jimmy Graham, and Tyler Eifert. That's a that's a solid group of three. Let me tell you. Jordan Reed, of course, playing at home against Green Bay. Jimmy Graham going to be playing at home against Philadelphia. Tyler Eifert also at home against Buffalo. Yeah, that's whew, that is three really good tight ends. That's all those a, games on Sunday, all those games at different times. Just trying to really quickly look. You want at me the, to just fill in some more random stats for you? No, I'm actually I'm gonna. <laughs> I think Jordan Reed's due for a big game. I'm gonna go Jordan Reed. I hope he's due for a big game. I got him in a league where I need to win. Uh, really, there aren't any leagues where I don't need to win at this point. I haven't gone like undefeated or anything. Um, I would like. I would like to take Jimmy Graham just because I think that that's going to stick in Dave's craw for a moment. I love Jimmy, but I'll, I'll take Eifert no problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's hard to be like, I oh, boo I don't know that any of us lose in that decision. <laughs> One of them's going to score two touchdowns or something. So. No, no, they're each going to score exactly 14 points. 14 points seems accurate. They're each going to score 14 points. I'm all right with that. Uh, we right. all win. Huzzah. So at wide receiver to finish it off, we're going to do 28, 29, and 30. Got some value picks going here. So there's Jamison Crowder, Willie Sneed, and Mike Wallace. Uh, my choice will be Jamison Crowder. And if Jamison Crowder scores at least 15 points, I will buy you each a shot of Jamison the next time we're at a show. I mean, that could easily happen, so I'm fine with that, too. <laughs> so make sure you write that one down when you write down these bets. It's a pretty good pick, too, with Deshaun Jackson likely out this week. Can you please uh, list those three again? Uh, Jamison Crowder, who I took, and then Willie Sneed and Mike Wallace. Where does he get off taking Jamison Crowder? Well, as the first draft pick, I don't care. Hmm. Willie Sneed playing at Carolina Thursday night. Mike Wallace playing at Dallas. 
Sunday at noon. Yeah, you know, I Dallas plays a noon game. Are you kidding me? Wallace what are they had a, Wallace had a bad game last week, but I love Wallace and I love him to score a big long touchdown versus Dallas. So uh, to the Mike Wallaces we go. All right, and then that will leave Sean with uh, one Willie Sneed. Yep, and Dallas does not allow long passes, so good choice, Dave. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Just giving you a time. Well, it depends on whether or not they're in garbage time, doesn't it? So then at kicker, we're going to do five, six, seven. Dave, uh, you get your choice of Justin Tucker. Are you taking them from my rankings? I believe so. As best I can, anyways. Well, what, five, six, seven? Five, six, seven will be Justin Tucker at Dallas, Hauschka versus Philly, and Crosby at Washington. I updated the site, by the way, and our rankings are available at drink5.com under the Week 11 rankings. Not sure how that mix-up happened earlier, but uh, no problem. Uh, and I am... It's really easy for me to select which one of these to take. Justin Tucker, right? Oh, I'm going to select Justin Tucker. Yeah. So I have Hauschka and Mason Crosby to choose yeah. between. Hauschka versus Philadelphia and Crosby at Washington. Yeah. I'm going to go with Hauschka. Oh, uh, that's nice. I like Mason Crosby this year. Sure. He's been doing well. I'll take that. Um, so good luck, gentlemen. Uh, again, we're going to be uh, – our wager will be – the winner will get a $30 – NFL team related thing decided by the decided two by the losers. The the winner gets to pick the team. I think that's neat. The losers get to pick whatever it may be. You get like a a, a bobblehead. Approximate value thirty dollars. <laughs> um, toilet paper that has that that team's logo on it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I like I like the creativity, guys. I love it. <laughs> Uh, maybe a uh, maybe we buy uh, if Sean wins we buy him a blouse a 49ers blouse. We'll get Sean a <laughs> bumper sticker. We'll get so- something for a car for his car. Right for his car. Yeah. that he doesn't I, have. I live in the city and don't. <laughs> it's going up on my window if you get me a bumper sticker what is on this my car? apartment window. What is this car you? Speak no, it'll be fun. We'll buy something fun. That'll be that'll be great. Yeah, that's a good idea <laughs> for a bet. All right. So I think I'm I think I'm gonna win. I think I'm gonna win. I think I think the backup team's gonna win. Can I have a little beer? Yeah, it's a great selection of beers that you purchased uh, from the uh, from Firestone, uh, wonderful brewery. Always a big fan of their stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go visit them if I ever find myself in Northern California. All right, yeah. so yeah, forget wineries. Oh yeah, I'm going to I'm going to the breweries and uh, a few other places. Well, I, I won't say that. Like, I, I would love to go to Napa Valley to uh, um, to um, a lot of places over there, Paso Robles, but. I'm also equally or more interested in the beer, so I hear you, man. Sure. All right, so the one thing that we all need to make sure that we worry about this evening, tonight, as soon as this show is over, is our waiver picks. Oh, wait, not it's forget Tuesday. to make <laughs> your waiver picks on Tuesday, people. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, or multiple times during the week, depending on your leagues, but mostly Tuesday night. Dave was just working very hard to tell us all who's good to pick up this week. So, Dave, would you like to let us know who, who we should take? 
Yeah. Um, so, so usually we have a staff writer, Jim Hutchins, that takes care of the waiver wire. I filled in this week as I've done in the past, of course. Uh, I think at this point, all of us have done everything at some point or another. Uh, one of the things that I added into this article, which is available on drink5.com that we don't always have, is a list of some guys that should already be owned. And all the waiver picks I'm going to talk about are 35% owned and under in standard in, in Yahoo leagues. So usually it's 50 or 40. I like to you know spread it a little thinner because I figure that if you're listening to this show, I'm hoping that you're uh, you know you're a smart fantasy player and your league is probably filled with other smart fantasy players and most of these guys are probably already gone. So let's go through the guys that should already be gone. CJ Procise should already have been picked up. If he's not, you need to grab him above anybody Started I talked to. Week. Robert Kelly should already be picked up, 48% owned. If he's not, you have to grab him. Sammy Watkins, 38% owned. He's going to come back perhaps in the last half of this season. Great for fantasy playoffs. Sammy Watkins is an amazing receiver that if he comes back, I mean, he could take you to a championship. But, like, I mean, is it next week? Is it going to be in three weeks? He has not Watkins? yet started practicing, so I doubt it's this week. But within the next few weeks, I'd see him coming and back. And you got, and he's so impactful. You got to, you you'd be hold picking on to him, him up. Early. You'd be picking yeah. him up now for a team that would kind of already be to guaranteed the to the playoffs. Okay. But thirty-eight percent—that means that there are literally uh, no. That's a great call. Sixty-two percent of leagues don't have him owned. <laughs> Jameson Crowder, sixty-six uh, percent. So there's a couple leagues still don't have Crowder. Maybe they're just all zombies. I don't know. Richard Matthews is a good one, 55% owned. He's uh, the guy over in Tennessee now, especially in PPR leagues. We thought this going into the season. It turned out it was um, it was not him. <laughs> uh, but he's slowly been you know, building up uh, a lot of uh, rapport with the, with the quarterback and with the coach, and he's now being schemed for every game. Eric Ebron on Detroit, 58%. He's healthy. He's doing better. That offense is passing the ball a lot. Julius Thomas, 58% Jacksonville. Again, a, a great pickup. He's scoring touchdowns every time I watch the screen in, in red zone. I, I would actually argue Julius Thomas is a guy As long as it's the safe. fourth quarter. I would actually argue you can drop him safely if you're in a standard 10 or 12-team league. You get much deeper, he should be owned. But he has, I mean, in good weeks, the last few weeks, he's putting up 40 yards. So he may score a touchdown, he may not. If he doesn't, he's not going to give you much of anything. Hey, fair enough. If we go over all these guys I think should be owned and you have one problem with them, that's, that's, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, week 11 waiver wire quarterback pickups. I like Joe Flacco this week versus Dallas. They haven't been great against the pass. They are the 20th best passing defense as of week 11 and let in 15 touchdowns and 263 yards per game. So if you are, are missing a quarterback due to injury or bye week, uh, Flacco is a good option because he has good receivers to pass the ball to in uh, Smith and Wallace. It's not a great option. Smith and Wallace. Play at your own risk. Sounds like an accounting firm. But uh, but upside for Flacco is 20 plus easy. So it's not a bad play. Uh, honorable mentions are Alex Smith, 25% owned. He had a bad week last week, but he should come back okay against Tampa at home. Uh, that's a pretty good matchup for him. So if you're going to start him ever, you know, especially in the at the end of the season, this is probably the week to do it. Um, comments on the quarterbacks? Um, I, you know, Joe Flacco isn't... Ugh. Well, you would need to compare it against the other quarterbacks that are of available. Of course, of course, of course. It's not like he's my number one quarterback this Smith, week. Alex Smith, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, you're talking about deep leagues. In, in a two-quarterback league, I'm looking at starting Alex Smith and Joe Flacco, for sure. Well, this the, week, for sure. Okay, week 11... 
I was going to add one other guy, one other name um, to that list that you guys didn't mention, and most people probably wouldn't think of uh, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I know you're probably thinking he, the Niners are terrible. Oh, that means a lot of garbage. No, he's time. put up points. Like uh, a couple weeks ago, he was the number ten quarterback or something like that. Um, so he has put um, up points. And for he was he was number six in a week that he went to Arizona. Uh, I mean, he's his running is giving him a floor. He's top twenty points the last two weeks, and he gets a Patriots team that they're going to be playing from behind against all day. That has given up as many quarterback points per game as the 49ers do. He's had he's played four games, 18, 15, 23, and twenty three. Yeah, I mean he does play the Patriots, which I don't like no the longer, matchup. We but can no longer ignore it. You're right that they are giving up some points, so so I'll put him up there as well. That's a good mention. And if you Sean. like him, so yes, next week's bad. Uh, this week's bad. Next week against Miami, but then you got Chicago and the Jets, Atlanta. All three of those teams giving up tons of points to the quarterbacks. Yeah, Atlanta more than anyone else in the league. Uh, week 11 waiver wire running back pickup. So I have James Starks here. So Starks just came back from injury to a weird backfield situation. And it looks like he's going to be taking over for the time being into the fantasy playoffs because I don't see Lacey returning anytime soon, especially for, for our limited purposes of you know going to week 16. Uh, going up against a Redskin defense that allows 225 rushing yards per game and 13 touchdowns over the season, Starks is a good play for this week. Ty Montgomery Wait, has... the Redskins are giving up 225 rushing yards a game? That is... Wow. That's, that's that, stunningly that bad. That can't be accurate. Well, I mean, even the 49ers aren't giving up that many. Maybe yards to quarterback to running backs entirely? That's pretty high is all I'm saying. They are giving up the eighth most fantasy points, but it's about uh, 130 yards a game to running backs. Yeah, sorry, that's 115 uh, yards per game. So I'll make that amendment. I was those are actually attempts um, against the team, which is a weird stat. How many attempts? <laughs> that means that teams just run the ball yeah. against them all day long. They do have Josh Norman, so they don't want to throw the ball as much. Sure, but that makes James Starks, you know, valuable. Anyway, uh, Starks came in and he didn't he didn't uh, blow the roof off of anything, but he obviously took over the backfield that was filled with, uh, you know, Don Johnson and Randall ja- Cobb Don and no Don Johnson, the, the Don. Guy from Miami, Miami Vice. Vice. Yeah. Vice. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, Don Jackson, Don Jackson and Ty Montgomery and Randall Cobb and uh, and others as well. Um, they had Niall Davis for a little while just to see how he did. Didn't do very well. He had a cup of coffee, as they say in baseball. So I like sure. Starks being owned not only for this week but going forward as he could be the only real sole backfield guy there. Um, Kenneth Dixon, 20% owned. We talked about this earlier. So he is becoming the passing down back on the Ravens. In fact, he already is. Um, he got five receptions last last week. Uh, he put up 80 all-purpose yards on six rushes and five receptions last week. But because of Terrence West, um, who has an awful average yards per carry over the last few weeks, which is 2.73 over four games, and some of those games were really, really awful, like 1.8 or, you know, I'm pulling these numbers out of my out of my <laughs> ass. But but I looked at them earlier. So He had a negative .1 game. I mean, I, I mean Terrible. Early on, it was really brutal. So I think Dixon is a guy who will take over that backfield, and that's going to be awesome you know, down the road. So remember this. Honorable mentions, Jeremy Lankford, if there is any issue with Jordan Howard, etc., um, or if maybe John Fox just decides to bench him, Lankford is the guy who will take over that carries in that backfield. Uh, Capri Bibbs, 
Uh, he has an interesting story so far. Um, he had one really good run that was like super highlight reel. 65-yard touchdown a couple weeks ago? It was a catch only, but yeah. Okay. Right, a catch. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Booker outsnapped him 59-18. to 18. Uh, but he, you know, is is still there as the number two guy in that backfield. And Booker, I don't, I don't know that he's been impressive. He's just been consistently the starting option. So if you're in a deep league, Bibbs is a possibility to pick up uh, because it seems like uh, in Denver the running backs are are either going to do badly over time or, or get, get injured. injured. <laughs> I saw then, that coming. I mean, I don't know if you were going to mention or have his per- percentage owned polled, but Thomas Rawls, we mentioned him earlier. I think that's another guy. That... Rawls is actually owned in more than 35% leagues already, I believe. Okay. I was going to say, if he's, he's not owned a, in your league, he should be. He's on the should be owned list. He is 51% owned at this point. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. If you don't have Rawls, you should have him because he's going to take over that backfield immediately. But don't forget, his uh, the game when he went out, he had seven carries for negative seven yards. Well, <laughs> look, that was that was ages ago, Jason. I know, I know. No, he's just a pro size owner who wants to think that pro size will suddenly be an every down back. Unfortunately, I mean, that's not if, going. I don't to know happen. if you watched. I'm the him. worst kind of pro size owner. I picked him up on the waiver wire in a dynasty league. He looks like he weighs a buck eighty. I know, I know. He's like Jamal Charles. Like you got to only play him I seven a, times. I got a lucky twenty-two point start. Okay. <laughs> Uh, week 11 waiver wire wide receiver pickups. Cameron Meredith, 34% owned, with Jeffrey out for four weeks with a suspension. Uh, the Bears don't have a go-to receiver. We talked about Marcus Wilson possibly picking up some slack, but let's be honest, he's never done anything for the Bears. The best option that they currently have that's currently playing the game as a starter is Cameron Meredith. So it makes sense that he's going to start to get these targets, which will... Translate into fantasy points. So if you're in a desperate situation or you need a guy to uh, to operate for you right away, Meredith is going to get a bunch of targets because he's the guy on the Bears right now. Now I jerks in our leagues. He's 34% owned, only yeah. available in one of my leagues. Uh, well, I don't think that he is a uh, down-the-stretch kind of uh, a play. I think that for the next couple of weeks while they figure out their situation, he is the... Uh, wide receiver that will be targeted eight times a game. Well, aside from the Tennessee game, they don't have too many rough matchups going forward. So then he might have some good ones. We already saw him have good ones with Hoyer, just no chemistry with Cutler. Uh, Eli Rogers on Pittsburgh, he's 11% owned, so he should be available in a lot more leagues. Um, He has gotten 15 targets over the past two weeks for 20-plus points in standard scoring leagues. And in PPR leagues, he's even more valuable because he's a slot receiver, basically. And with Coates out and Wheaton out and not playing well, um, they need Rodgers, uh, along with Ladarius Green, to step up and provide some uh, some good upside alongside of uh, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Which means that Eli Rodgers, as a Steelers fan, I think that Rodgers will be involved in the game scheme at least for the next couple of weeks before Sammy Coates and Wheaton can come back in. And well, going I, up I, against I Cleveland. Is, I think Wheaton's basically out of the rotation, even if he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, had shoulder problems all year. Yeah. And yeah. Sammy Coates can't stay healthy. He has two broken fingers again. So yeah. they, He drops too many balls. They're not going to put him back until he can stand in front of the jugs machine and just catch them all. Yeah. What this means is that Eli Rogers becomes suddenly the uh, you know number two receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are going to have a lot of passes. On, finally, a healthy Ben again. And uh, they're playing Cleveland, so I would not be surprised if Eli Rogers uh, puts up, you know, at least five or six receptions in this game. That's going to translate to him for 
you know, uh, in a PPR league, maybe 15 points. How many points are the Steelers going to win by, Dave? Uh, versus Cleveland? Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 13. I think they'll beat Cleveland by at least a touchdown. But I don't, I don't, I don't like how the Steelers are playing <laughs> recently. Uh, honorable mentions on wide receivers. Kendall Wright, uh, Tennessee, 13% owned. Um, we've talked about this, uh, Sean, Jason. Kendall Wright is the best receiver on the Titans, but they're not giving him the ball. Uh, besides Delaney Walker, who I think has the edge there. but uh, I, don't, I don't know that it's just they're not giving him the ball. He's just not playing I think snaps. DeMarco Murray might be a better catch. No, no, they're, they're targeting him. They're, they're targeting when he plays. He's just not in the game enough. But they're not, they're not putting him in for enough snaps. Agreed. Uh, but for the ones he's in on, he's really, really, um, uh, what's the word? Um, efficient. Efficient, exactly. Yeah. Um, Tyreek Hill, who we mentioned earlier, 17% owned from Kansas City. Jeremy Macklin may or may not be coming back this week, but Tyreek Hill is such an interesting and fun player to watch. Um, and whether or not Macklin comes back, it looks like Hill might have cemented himself a position there for more targets going forward. 13 targets last week, 10 catches. For like 89 yards, though. Yards care. per like, catch isn't pretty, but PPR, well, there, it's valuable. There was yeah, no people Macklin. People are getting that kind of volume, then, yeah. you know. Well, the problem is he's filling in. Tampa Bay, go for it. Uh, week 11, waiver wire tight end pickups. I have Vernon Davis, only 6% owned. Uh, Jordan Reed is the number one guy in Washington, but Davis has been picking up a lot of steam, and he caught 14 passes over the last three games for a total of 238 yards. Uh, one touchdown in there as well. So Vernon Davis, if you're talking about a guy who's right outside of the top 10, this is exactly who you're talking about. And most experts will rank him um, between 15 and 25 when he could easily put up a game that puts him in the bottom of the top 10. Yeah, he's been real consistent the last four weeks. He's either had 70-plus yards or 50-plus yards and a touchdown each of the last four games. Yep, and uh, honorable mention, Ladarius Green uh, did not have a great game last week, but he was targeted twice in the end zone, and he's going to be a guy going forward that is involved heavily in the Steelers' game plan. So whether or not he works out, it's a gamble that's a good one for you to take. Uh, defense is the target for Week 11. I have Miami at L.A. Miami has put up a lot of points on big plays. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. They did just lose Cameron Hayward for the season with a pectoral injury, which is a huge thing for them. He was their number one sacker. That's going to be trouble. But they're playing Cleveland, and any team, regardless of how good they are playing Cleveland, has had good luck in the fades. Detroit versus <laughs> Jacksonville. I, uh, I I think that that's a good matchup as well because Jacksonville has just not been putting up a, a good amount of offense versus anybody, except in garbage time. Um, and I know that Sean... Just picked up the Giants um, versus the Chicago Bears. Um, I would urge you to consider your options before picking that um, the Giants up, but I do think Chicago is is ripe for for indecisions. Sure, fade them. Um, one one other quick thing I want to point out in the in terms of waivers, um, we're getting to the point of the year where if you have been relying on a, a running back like a Demarco Murray or Lashawn McCoy, and his handcuff is available. And you can spare the roster spot. This is the time of year where you may want to pick up Mike Gillisley if you have LaShawn McCoy or Derrick Henry if he's available and you own DeMarco Murray. This is that time of year where it's worth it to have the extra roster roster spot because it'll kill you in the playoffs if that guy gets hurt and you don't have that backup. Good yeah. advice. And I'm hearing more tweets uh, from people saying that Gronkowski is not likely to play next week. So Martellus Bennett, if he's not owned, or if you can you know, grab a trade from somebody or something, is a good play. I mean, Bennett's probably owned in most leagues. Seventy-one percent right yeah. now. No, I'm not saying that he's uh, yeah. a waiver wire pickup, but 
Um, just keep your eye on it because you have to check. As everybody knows, who's been a Gronkowski owner over the years, uh, if he has an absence, it could be for a couple weeks. That's true. So good luck to everybody then, and uh, I hope uh, I hope you make it to your uh, championship game. That's the idea. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you, Sean, for coming on the show. Uh, make no sure problem. to check out Sean's rookie report, which will be posted later on in the week. Um, you can also go to our website for our rankings, for all kinds of good articles. Um, join us again next week, uh, same time, same place. And you can always tweet us at Drink5. Head to our website, drink5.com. And go to iTunes or Stitcher and check out the podcast and give us a review. Thanks a lot, guys. Drink5. All right. Cheers. Cheers.